What? A fire? <laughs> no. Just trying to open a package of socks. Come on in. It's sleep or don't. It's the last episode of Sleep or Don't. I'm Mr. Vanilla Extract, the perfect ingredient for your pre-sleep podcast. And why do I call this the lost episode? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about lost. We're going to talk about things that are lost. I'm going to tell you a story about something I lost. It's the lost episode. And before we get there, we got to go through our housekeeping. Wind down. Bottom line, people. I'm looking in the mirror when I'm saying this. If you really want to sleep, you really have to wind down. And winding down means you have to devote a significant amount of time before you sleep where you're awake but you're not stressing yourself out. Ideally, that means you cut out the caffeine six hours ago, ten hours ago, 24 hours ago, really. You got all your work done and you admitted to yourself that you're not going to get all the work ever done. There will always be more. You've stuffed your sorries in a sack, looked yourself in the mirror and said, I don't like my hairy toes. And that one you can control. Schedule LASIK tomorrow. Don't need to write it down. Worries find you. Write it, <laughs> write it down. Don't need to write it down, write it down. Write down your fear, anxiety, sadness, whatever's causing that, hairy toes, writing it down. What I'm saying is you don't need to, go to do any kind of action because if it really is something that plagues you, it will plague you tomorrow. But right now we're taking... A vacation. <clears throat> Got a little frog in my throat. Brush, floss, do it as early as you can. You know me. I believe that minty freshness is a stimulant. We've stuffed our saris in a sack. And now all we have left is the things we're grateful for. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the strange February day it was. At, it, at times it was warm. At times it was freezing. It rained. It snowed. The wind blew. It was clear. It was cloudy. And that typically means the weather's a-changing. All right. We're here. Climb into that bed. Focus on the cool pillow on your cheek or the back of your neck. Maybe you've slipped on some warm socks, your sleeping socks. 
whatever it is, enjoy it. I hope you you got to have something to enjoy when you climb into bed. A warm blanket, a fuzzy pillow, comfortable socks, the feeling of being off your feet. Revel in it. It's time to revel in it. Now, there's one way to look at sleep that I think is interesting. And I've done this off and on over the last few years. You're going hunting. If you really unwind, you really get present, and you really stuff your sorries in a sack, they'll be back, but stuff them. And you're just enjoying the wind down. Maybe you're going to turn on a, a rerun later, but it can't be a stimulating rerun. Turn on a rerun of Court TV. I don't know. How about Wings? Remember that old sitcom? When we're hunting, we're hunting dreams. Nothing is more fantastic when you wake up and you feel amazing because you wound down right, you slept good, you got enough sleep, you woke up, and you remembered a dream. And you go around all day telling anybody who will listen. And every time you tell it, you revel in the vividness of that dream. It just feels good rolling around on your tongue as you're telling people these intricate details. You can't believe it. And you think to yourself, does this mean something? Sometimes you wake up and you go, man, this really felt like it meant something. And sometimes you wake up and you go, I had too much ice cream before bed. But you're dream hunting. That's what you're doing. And you're going to get skunked some nights. You're not going to get a good dream. But you're always going to be more successful if you get in a routine of going on a nightly vacation. You're going out hunting with the buddies. Mr. Vanilla Extract, your favorite pillow, your fuzzy socks, and we're hunting dreams. We're hunting the good dreams. Oh my goodness. I can fly? I can fly. I won the lottery. I don't know. Whatever your favorite dream is. My favorite dream is I was 13, maybe 14, and I I had this dream where I could fly. And I was in the basement of my childhood home, and I w- jumped off the couch, and I floated up to the ceiling. And it was the most fantastic feeling in the world and I've told people that dream dozens of times now I do I am somewhat self-aware 
And I do, I do notice that people are rolling their eyes. So it's just enough to, I just tell enough to, uh, to be able to kind of revel in it, you know, just a little bit. Oh yeah, once I had a dream that I could fly. Jumped off the couch and I was flying. The couch was blue, it had flowers on it. There was our mini pool table in in the in the TV room. I told you I was going to tell you about Lost. This is the Lost episode. And there have been a couple of things that I've lost when I was a kid that kind of stuck with me. Stuck in my craw. Yeah. What's a craw? I'm going to Google that real fast. The thing, while I'm Googling it, the thing that really stuck in my craw was I lost my glow worm. I don't know if you remember what glow worms were, but they were worms and they glowed. And, and uh, there was a TV show the glow, yeah, Google it. Yep, I'm not crazy. The Glow Friends. The Glow Friends is an American television series that originally aired in 1986. Yeah, see, I got a glowworm from my birthday party, and it glowed. It glowed. I mean, there's nothing else to say about what it did. It glowed, and it was a worm. Uh, let's Google glowworm toy. Uh, I've never done this before. Here's a stuffed one. But that doesn't look like my glow worm. Maybe that one. Ooh, I don't know if my memory's matching. Oh, no, here we go. Yeah, uh, just a kind of a semi-hard, squishy, plastic mini glowworm, I guess they were called. And I don't know, it was green and yellow, and they all have, like, stocking caps. And I loved that glowworm. And it disappeared. I lost it. And I looked high and low for that glowworm. I probably left it at my buddy Cole's house. But I searched high and low for that glow worm. And I remember very vividly thinking, and this, it's weird because I think back on this and I think to myself, was that a dream? Not sure. But here, here's the memory. I don't think it's a dream. Our house, uh, when I was, when, up until I was eight, we lived in a house in a tiny, tiny town. Then we moved to a, just a tiny town. But in, in our tiny, tiny town, the red brick house, the basement was unfinished, but it was a new house. Um, so it still had time to be finished. <laughs> and 
this unfinished basement had one room in the corner where it was it was the designated storage area and there were a bunch of doors and i guess my dad was just he got them from somebody you know inherited the doors or something maybe that was his inheritance i'm not sure but they were stacked against the wall boy when i was a kid it seemed like there were 20 of them and to the side of them there were stacks of things i think they were boxes and we would climb up the boxes and our bedroom was directly above it my brothers and i we all shared at the time three of us and you could see into our bedroom because the ductwork the heating ducts were not hooked up there was no hvac system there was no central um central heating and air system but there were the vents and you could climb up on those boxes and you could almost seven-year-old me couldn't pull this off but you could almost touch it you'd almost climb up there and touch it and we like to pass things through the vents down to each other sometimes we tie a string to something and i had it in my head that the glow worm had been passed down into that and it was in the pile somewhere and I searched and searched and searched for it and one memory is that I found it and one memory is that I didn't find it regardless I don't still have the glow worm which is disappointing I think this is the glow worm I had can't show it to you we're not doing visuals. It's so frustrating when you're a kid and you lose something and you just get fixated on it. And I had fond memories of that glowworm. And it was honestly, as, as, it, always, as it always is with kids, it was the simplest toy in the world. It was, it was just a simple toy. Um, yeah, I'm still Googling them. Yeah, here's the backs of them. They've all been showing the front. Mm. <laughs> I think mine was purple and green. Almost certain that's the one. As simple as toy. Those are the ones that kids love the most. My younger brothers, my two youngest brothers, they'd fight over a pink ninja. It was exactly what it sounds like, a pink ninja. You know, the really cheap G.I. Joe, the green plastic solid one color action figure that have the basically a plate on the bottom so they'll stand upright. You remember those? Well, that was ba basically what the pink ninja was, except it was a ninja and it was pink, and they'd cut the base off. And those two boys fought over that ninja constantly. And, 
I think they lost theirs. I think I told this story already. I, I love it. I love that they fought over the ninja. Let's go back to stuff I've lost, though. There's one other childhood loss that sticks out in my mind. I've told the story about how we went to Disneyland when I was a kid, eight years old, and I was excited about the plants, and all of my memories are about the plants. Well, our parents had given us a little bit of money, birthday money, and, you know, we'd accumulated a little bit of money, and we were supposed to buy our own souvenirs with that money. And the concept of a souvenir was really exciting to me. And so I didn't want to lose my money, and so I stashed it somewhere where it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be stolen or lost. And then on the day of departure, I frantically searched high and low for my money. And it became apparent that I did not know where that money was. And I'm sure I had a medium-sized large meltdown a medium-sized large meltdown, as I did when I was a kid. And my parents finally said, you know what, we'll find the money. we got to get in the car. We're going on a trip. We'll pay for your souvenir, and you can pay us back. Vacation, souvenirs. My two souvenirs, one was a pouch from that we got from a ghost town on the way through Nevada or California or somewhere. And the other souvenir was a stuffed animal. I think it was a raccoon. And those two, and I got that at Disneyland, and those two things were my prized possessions, my prized souvenirs. It was hard to pick, I remember that. We got home. And my mom was changing the sheets on a bed, not my bed, the guest bedroom. And I'll be darned if I hadn't stuffed the money just probably wrist deep in the mattress box spring crack. And there it was. I found the money. Oh, yeah, I remember I put it there. My parents are like, come on, kid. It's all the money you had in the world. You couldn't remember where you put it? You actively put it there. You thought it was going to be safe. Those are the two things I remember losing as a child that really stuck with me. One I found, one I might have found, but both of them are gone now. Seems like I've probably spent mm, six months of my life helping my kids look for things that they've lost. When was the last time you saw it? What were you doing when you saw it? Have you let anyone borrow it? Are you sure this is the last place you saw it? Because it's not here. <laughs> it's a good exercise, but... Inevitably, 
if you're asking that question, there's either a false memory or a thief involved in this because you're not, you're not finding it. Oh. I'm going back to craw because when I typed in craw and it said a, the crop of a bird or insect, which is basically their throat, um, when somebody says it's stuck in my craw, are they... Stuck in my craw origin. Definition of one's stuck in one's craw. Past tense of stick in one's craw. As in annoyed. What is the origin? Origin of... Hunters centuries ago noticed that some birds swallowed bits of stone that were too large to pass through the craw and into the digestive tract. Literally stuck in the craw. Where does the saying struck in my... Now what does it mean? I know. Where does the word craw come from? No. Craw thumper. Ooh, I like this. Craw thumper. Suggesting a person who is always beating or thumping their chest, which is their craw. A gesture of piety and submission. Thumping your chest. Now, when I see, you know, when I think of somebody pumping their chest, it's those athletes that do that double tap. Could you hear me doing it? They're not, that's no, there's no piety there. It's hard to picture somebody piously thumping their chest. I think The Rock did something like that, right? Thumping chest piously. Let's see if we can find a video of somebody thumping their chest piously. Piously. Videos. The precordial thump. The precordial thump. This is some kind of medical thing. Well, I can't find anybody piously thumping their chest, but since we don't know what a precordial thump is. <clears throat> a provider strikes at the middle of a person's sternum with the ulnar aspect of the fist. The intent is to interrupt a potentially life-threatening rhythm. Whew. Whew. That sounds... 
crazy. Precordial thump. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't, if, if this is going to be the lost episode, we need to go to Lost Wikipedia 2004 TV series. I don't know if you watched Lost, but if you look at the cast, there's about, if you look at starring in the, the category starring in Lost on Wikipedia, I think there are 40, 40 people that starred. Uh, there were 25 episodes in most of the seasons. There were six seasons. The executive producer was J.J. Abrams. And if you haven't watched it, you're in my club. Because I never watched it. I know people loved this. But I always felt like... I would hear people talk about it and I would think to myself, that sounds frustrating. Kind of like when you lose your glow worm. I don't want to relive those feelings of of glowworm loss. Season 3. The first block of episodes of the third season was criticized for raising too many mysteries. See, and that's all I heard. These people that were obsessed with Lost, but at the same time, criticizing everything. Season finale. Ooh, should we spoil it? Because I don't know what happens. All I know is a plane landed on an island or something. Okay. Here is a negative review from Dwayne David Zerowick, who is a listener. We love David Zerowick. He's one of our one of our most fervent listeners. Writes me fan mail all the time. He was with the Baltimore Sun at the time. Not sure if he's still there. And he says if this is supposed to be such a smart and wise show, unlike anything else on network TV, blah, 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 why such a wimpy, phony, quasi-religious, white light, huggy bear ending? Once Jack stepped into the church, it looked like he was walking into a Hollywood rap party without food or music, just a bunch of actors grinning idiotically for ten minutes and hugging one another. Oh, David. Yeah, he was born October 26, 1949. He's 74. Lives in Wilmockie. Wilmockie? <laughs> you know when you're starting to get tired and you say things like Wilmockie? That's where we are. We've been playing hard to get. Just enjoying ourselves here together. Sanging into some. It's the bed, not the sleep. If you're happy to be there, sleep will find you. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, Oh, I gotta get back to sleep. And you grit your teeth and you squint your eyes. And you hunker down. Do you think you're going to get back to sleep? Well, maybe you've got more willpower than I do. But the thing I have to do is I have to wake up and I have to go, ooh, I have 40 more minutes to sleep. Oh, this is so great. I just lay here with my eyes closed. Maybe sleep will find me. Maybe it won't. If it's 
three in the morning and I have three hours left. Same attitude. Just enjoy it. You made it. You're in bed. That's what you can control. But I think sleep is watching and saying, oh, I'm going to give that person a big hug because that person is playing hard to get.